Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new special episode of Jamming Through History. My name is Alyssa. And I'm Grace. And today we are coming at you not through the radio, but through the internet. And why is that? Because our college shut down. Yeah, our college uh, is no longer open to us. So we said, we said we wanted it to be like the 1920s, so the universe gave us a pandemic. Yeah, all the bars closed, so no more alcohol. Yeah, so obviously, as most people know, COVID-19 has kind of taken over the world, and so our college shut down like many others, but we are still going to try to get episodes out to you every week. Uh, It might just be a little bit different, and it might sound a little bit weird, because we have to do podcast episodes now, and I'm in North Carolina. And uh, I'm still in Michigan. Yeah. And so, but we're going to keep trying because I enjoy this show. I don't want it to end like the rest of my spring semester has. Same. Uh, It's so sad. But it's been fine. How have you been dealing with the coronavirus, Grace? Um, I've been doing okay at best. Just... I miss school. I miss all my friends. I miss miss my friends mostly because none of my friends are in this state. Um, (laughs) And I also miss, like, the structure of school because now I'm having a time getting assignments done. Yeah, that's that's me too. Like, one of my teachers, we would have an assignment due every day. And now she has switched it to where all of our assignments are due on Thursdays every single week. So yeah. it's going to be a big struggle to have two days' worth of assignments due on the exact same day at the exact same time. It's just like, oh, boy, I'm yeah. not ready. <laughs> I just, I, but it's fine, you know. Uh, Michigan's a shelter-in-place state right now. North Carolina's not. We have a bunch of free time. We can get things done. It's starting at midnight. The shelter-in-place will take, go into effect. So by the time that this comes out, you know. Shelter in place, in fact. But uh, we're not here to talk about the coronavirus or any other diseases that might be happening in the world. Uh, instead, we're going to talk about the death and carnage of the Korean War. Woo! Uh, yes, we're. I guess. I guess you can technically, technically say that we're continuing the Cold War because the Korean War it happened because of the Cold War, in a sense. But, yes, we're talking about the Korean War. All right, are you ready, Alyssa? I'm so ready. Let's talk about the Korean War, and uh, because South Korea is one of the places I want to visit, so let's talk about what created Mm -hmm. what it is like today. Oh. Okay, so the Korean War began June of 1950. Um, And so the Korean War was in, like, the, in a broad sense, it was North Korea versus South Korea. Um, But there's a lot more that goes into it because North Korea was a communist state and South Korea was technically a democratic state. And so during these times, what made sense was the United States backed South Korea and the Soviet Russia backed North Korea. 
Um, so that's like a lot of like what went into it behind the scenes because um, although this was very publicly known, like a lot of people didn't really think of it that way. We were just helping allies out. Um, And so Korea was actually what is now known as a proxy war because the Cold War was between Russia and the United States. But both sides knew that if Russia and the United States were to go head-on, like in a normal battle, like what would have happened during World War II or the Korean War, um, it would have been a lot more deadly. I don't know what you mean. It's not like there were two superpowers in the world. Like, I know. It would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, but like Alyssa said, both Russia and the United States were superpowers, and they were the top two in the world at the time. Um, but, yeah, like like I said, they knew that if they went head on, it would have been a lot worse because both sides would have atomic bombs, and it would probably cause a nuclear fallout. Well, you fallout things. <laughs> okay, so, like, we could have been playing Fallout 4 way earlier, like. Yes, we could have. Everybody stock up on your bottle cap. What? Bottle caps are the currency in Fallout. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you for a second. That's why. <laughs> Okay, yeah, sure. Just pretend like you don't know that. I don't even play the game, and I knew that. That's great. Um, Back to the Korean War. But, yeah, so that's a lot of what went into it. Um, But, yes, so beforehand, though, before the fighting started and everything, um, after World War II... Uh, Korea was, um, or during so during World War II, Korea was a part of the Japanese Empire because they took trying to take over a majority of Asia to expand their land. After World War II, uh, it was actually split between America and the Soviet Russia. So it was split at the 30th parallel, which I'm heard, or which I'm sure if you paid attention in high school history. Uh, You've heard of the 30th parallel. But, so it was split along that, and then the northern part, Russia occupied, and the southern part, the United States occupied. Right. Makes sense. Yes. Um, but by the end of that decade, the two states had formed, and so in the south, the anti-communist dictator, we uh, enjoyed the support of the American government, even though they're very reluctant since he was a dictator. Um, and then I don't know the why they're so reluctant. Not like they didn't like dictators or something. We don't talk about that part of history, Alyssa. You're right. Um, <laughs> but in the North, um, they had the dictator Kim Sung, uh and he enjoyed the slightly more enthusiastic support of the Soviets. But neither dictator was content to remain on their side of the 30th parallel. And so border skirmishes were becoming more common by the 1950s. Um, and so 
Before the war even began, nearly 10,000 North and Southern Korean soldiers uh, were killed in battle. That just is from, so many. <laughs> just from the border skirmishes. Okay. But, well, here comes yeah. the death. <laughs> uh, so, North Korea, the way that this started was North Korea invaded southern korea uh so they're the first ones to cross the 38th parallel um but even though these skirmishes had been happening uh the invasion came at alarming at an alarming surprise to the american officials that were in southern korea um because as far as they were concerned this was not simply a border dispute between two unstable countries uh this was instead uh, the first step, or instead, so this was the first step in the communist campaign to take over the world, or that's what they believed at least. Because that's what communism countries do. Yeah. Can we talk about uh, how democratic countries do it too? I mean, we can. <laughs> like, we try to take over everything with, you know, democratic republicans. Yeah. We don't have a good track record either. Yeah. But anyways, so this is the first step to communism. Yes. Um, But for this, because of their belief in this being a communist campaign, uh, non-intervention was not considered as an option by many of the top decision makers. Um, Right. In fact, in April of 1950, so two months before this happened, or before the war was officially declared, the National Security Council report, uh, known as NCS-68, uh, that had recommended that the United States use military force to contain communist expansion anywhere it seemed to be occurring, regardless of the strategic or economic value of the land in question. So basically, they were advising the United States and like the Congress and everybody that no matter where this was, that if there was a communist threat to that country, that they should go and help them uh, to defeat the communist threat. But uh, present during the time was Harry Truman, uh, and he said, if we let Korea down, the Soviet will keep on going and swallow up one place after another. True. (laughs) And so the fight on the Korean Peninsula was a symbol of the global struggle between East and West, good versus evil, uh, and all the other values that the Cold War held. Of course, you know, because a war can't just be a war. It has to be symbolism. Of course. Otherwise, what's the point of it? Yeah, what's the point? But as the North Korean army pushed into Seoul, uh, Seoul, South Korea, the um, which was the capital, it, well, it is, it's still the capital. Still the capital. <laughs> uh, the United States ready its troops for war against communism itself, which sent us down a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, it's not like we went into war after that. Like, 
Yeah. Uh, for first, the war was a defensive one to try to get the communists out of South Korea, but it went very poorly for the Allies. Um, the North Korean army was well-disciplined, well-trained, and well-equipped. Uh, resources in southern Korea uh, were they were more frightened, confused, and seemed inclined to flee battle instead of try to stay in fight. Uh, even though the United States was like, "That's not how you win the war," but they continued. To yeah, the United things. States would know. I mean, look at how many wars they were in. Yeah. Uh, also, it was one of the hottest and driest summers on record. And so a lot of American soldiers who were not used to that climate were often forced to drink water from rice paddies that had been fertilized with human waste. That's and so, disgusting. As a result, dangerous intestinal diseases and other illnesses were a constant threat as well as the North Korean army. I don't understand, like, why would that be a threat? Like, it's not like they're <laughs> drinking contaminated water. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Uh, so by the end of the summer, President Truman and General Douglas MacArthur, the commander in charge of the Asian Theater, uh, had decided on a new set of, like, a new goal or, like, mm-hmm. new battle plans. Um, now, for the Allies, the Korean War was an offensive one, so they switched. And it was now a war to liberate the North from the communists. So... They were like, instead of us just trying to keep them at the 30th parallel, they were just going to go full send and uh, take them over as well. So, in, so initially, this new strategy was a success at uh, Incheon Landing and in, so an ambitious assault at Incheon pushed the North Koreans out of Seoul and back onto their side of the 30th parallel. But as American troops crossed the boundary and headed north towards the Yalu River, which is the border between China and North Korea, um, the Chinese started to worry about protecting themselves from what they called armed aggression against Chinese territory. Makes sense. There's a war going on on the other side of the border. Yeah, that really does make sense. I would be worried about that, too. (laughs) Um, The Chinese leader, Mao Zedong, uh, he sent troops to North Korea and warned the United States to keep away from the Yalu border unless it wanted full-scale war. Now China's involved as well. You know what? Go China for protecting themselves, no? Like, there is a war happening. They don't want to be in the middle of it. Yeah, like, Totally understandable. Um, so this was something that President Truman and his advisors did not want. They did not want China involved. Um, they were sure that if they did, that such a war would lead to Soviet aggression in Europe and the deployment of atomic weapons and millions of senseless deaths. However, uh, to General MacArthur, not anything short of this wider war um, represented appeasement, which was an unacceptable knuckling under to the communists. So his the way he looked at it was that if they tried to keep China out of it, they, 
they were appeasing the communist countries and showing and trying to show, like he thought that uh, they would be saying that America was weak, and so that's why he was so against trying to like keep China away and stuff. You know what? We did not need China in this war. It probably no, would have ended a very different way. It probably would have. Um, and we probably would have started World War Three again. Possibly. Then we'd be on World War Four. Um, as President Truman looked for a way to prevent the war, uh, MacArthur did all he could to provoke it. Seriously, so, I hate those people. <laughs> So he decided that, you know what, might as well poke a stick at the bear and try to get them involved as soon as possible. But finally, in March 1951, he sent a letter to Joseph Martin. Joseph Martin was a House Republican leader who shared MacArthur's support for declaring all-out war on China. Um, MacArthur also counted on him to leak letters to the press. and so in the letter, MacArthur wrote, there is no substitute for victory. So basically, there is no other way that this could go, that America has to win. But oh, for yeah. Truman, uh, but for Truman, this letter was the last straw. So on April 11th... What do you mean? Why would it be the last straw? It's not like he was going against the president's like wishes you know, trying to start a war. Uh, <laughs> but yes, on April 11th, 1951, the president fired the general for insubordination. So MacArthur was out now. We did not have to worry about China and getting involved. Good. That's the last thing we need. But uh, in July of 1951, so this was a year and a month after the start of the war, President Truman and his new military commanders started peace talks at uh, a Korean city. I do not know how to pronounce it. I'm not going to try. It's such a, uh, a P. But <laughs> I, I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Sure you they are. Started, they started peace talks at this Korean city. Um, still, the fighting continued along the 30th parallel as negotiations stalled. Both sides were willing to accept the ceasefire that maintained the 30th parallel boundary, but they could not agree on whether prisoners of war should be forcibly reparated. So, basically, they should be the ones that, yeah, they they would die. Um, Four prisoners. The Chinese and the North Korean government said yes, and the United States said no, that they should not. Um, finally, after more than two years of negotiations, the advisors signed an armistice on July 27th, 1953. July Which is 27th. your birthday? Yes, it's my birthday. Not the 1953 part, but the July 27th part. Yes. Uh, so in the agreement, it allowed the POWs to stay where they like, draw a new boundary near the 30th parallel that gave South Korea an extra 1,500 square miles of territory. Increased like how South eight- Korea got more territory. Same. <laughs> uh, and it created a two-mile-wide demilitarized zone that still exists today. Yep. 
So that's how we got to where North and South Korea are today. Uh, there are still American troops stationed over there as well. So yep. Seoul, Korea is actually a United States base. And then South Korea also has the mandatory you must serve two years if you're male before you're like 30. Yes. Which is just weird to think about because we live in the United States where like you can join it, but unless the draft is enacted, you're you're good. Yeah. Uh, and you get some people from South Korea, they're just like, no, I have to go into the army. Well, a lot of, actually a lot of countries over there do that. Which makes sense, you know? Yes. It just makes sense to me. Especially since, you know, South Korea and North Korea technically are still at war. Yeah. There's been no official peace treaties. It's just the armistice. There's no official end to the war. Yeah. The armistice is the end. But uh, the casualties were a lot. Um, for a war that lasted almost just over a year to two years, uh, nearly five million people died. And it's so, just so many people. That is a lot of people. Um, where half of these, about 10% of Korea's pre-war population, were civilians. And so the rate of civilian casualties was higher than World War II and the Vietnam Wars. And the Vietnam War lasted a lot longer than the Korean War. That's just so sad to think about how many people died in a war that lasted, like, what, two years? Yeah. Like... There was a lot of people that died because Russia and the U.S. just really didn't like each other. Yeah, a lot of people sadly had to deal with the repercussions of that. Yeah, we weren't really one of them. Really, it's Um, South Korea and North Korea that are still dealing with the repercussions of it. That is very true. Yeah, they still have a lot of tension over there. Like yeah, you know, it's a scary thought living in a living in a living in a country with another country right next to them, pretty much. That is like mm-hmm. yeah, like we can mm-hmm. still we would still fight you at any time. Uh, the uh, actually, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening remember this. But the other year, Trump actually went over to North Korea to try to talk about peace and peace treaties. Um, it did not go well. The the armistice is still in place. But every so often, there's a president that goes over and tries to attempt to talk about peace. You know what? And I respect those presidents who try to do that. Save here. Because that's still gotta be hard to try to talk about peace to places that just don't want to talk about peace. Yes. But that concludes the Korean War. The Korean War, one of the saddest wars because of how many people died in such a short amount of time. Yeah, but it's... It's sad. It's very sad. 
Okay. So we still have some time. But instead of starting a whole new war, probably, because I feel like that's the only thing we ever talk about in history is wars. Well, they happened a lot during history. What do you mean? It's not like there was a war almost every other ten years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Uh, we can... Let's go back to the coronavirus talk, because, like, we've talked about it. We've talked about how it's affected us with not being able to go to school and stuff, but it's, like, it's a weird thing, you know? Like, I don't know if I said it before or not, but talking about how we're living through history right now and probably years down the line, somebody's going to be talking about the COVID-19 outbreak and what people were doing, and it's just weird to think about. Yeah, this this pandemic will definitely be going down in history books because, well, I mean, like the majority of our generation, so mine and Melissa's, uh, we lived through a lot of different diseases that have come up. So, like, Ebola, Zika, right. a bunch of different ones like that. The swine this flu. One, yeah, the swine flu. So, this is different because... It's so widespread. Um, but I feel like also a lot of it is the media that mm-hmm. is over-stimulating us. Well, like, because, as a media student, you know, I've been talking to my family about this stuff, and I'm like, you know, the news isn't telling you, like, how many people are surviving. If you see it on the news, if you're seeing, like, video news or whatever, they just go, another person has died, but they're not talking about the hundreds who have survived Mm -hmm. through this pandemic, you know? They're only talking about the shocking amount of deaths, and I love when they bring up, yeah, like, a thousand more cases have been found, and it's like, yeah, that's because they finally were able to just get tested. Like, everybody's now, like, the majority of people are now getting tested for it, so of course more cases are going to be popping up, and you have to keep that in mind. Like, they were already here before. We're just now hearing about them, though, because we just now got the cases. Like, the testing. (laughs) And so, like, a lot of it is media hype, and it's, it's... Like, this is a time where you should be cautious but you shouldn't be going out and buying all the toilet paper. Like, I don't understand the correlation between the coronavirus and toilet paper. Do you? Uh, I I do not. Because, you know, diarrhea is not one of the symptoms, yet everybody thinks they need toilet paper. I just, I don't, I don't get it. But, like... You know, the media is talking about how everything's selling out, so now everybody has to go to the store to buy everything that's selling out. And it's just like, just calm down. Take well, a breath. Now they have to, because because there's all this panic about it. Mm-hmm. Now people who normally wouldn't be worried about it are like, well, I have to, because if I don't, then when's the next time I'm going to be able to buy it? No, I don't. It's It's sad that this is happening it's just like people need to take a breather you'll be fine <laughs> like if you just practice social isolation if you just stay at home if you don't go to Florida and party on the beach you'll be fine yeah don't be those don't be the people who are all like it's nothing 
but also don't be the people who are like, it's the end of days because what I love, what I love is how the media is only talking about the young people going out and doing stupid things, and they're not talking about like, you know, the boomer generation who are still going out and also doing stupid things. Oh. It's like they're not practicing social distancing at all, but all we're talking about are the young people going on spring break. Yes. So, well, my relatives is exactly like that. Um, they admitted that they don't believe in this and that they weren't going to practice social distancing. They have a lot of health problems. So it's just kind of like, do you not realize how much danger you're not only putting yourself in, but you're putting other people in? Yeah, no, it's just like, it's everybody. Everybody has their own opinions on what is happening, and mm-hmm. you're not hearing the whole stories of anything. And if you watch the news 24-7, of course you're going to be freaking out because that's all they're talking about is the coronavirus yeah. and what the government is doing to help this. And then they're complaining about the government not doing enough. And then you have to think, like, well, our stock market is also crashing. Yeah. Well, the government also just put $1.5 trillion into the stock market. Which I know it's controversial, but I understand that because if our stock market completely crashes, we're just going to go into a depression and still not be able to fix this pandemic. And people are going to be losing their houses even more and people are going to be sicker and can't go to the hospital. And so, like, I've seen so many people complaining about that. I'm like, have you never taken an economics class? Like, the <laughs> stock market crashes. We're all dead. Yeah, basically. Like, Nothing's getting funding. Yeah, that's that's the main thing that a lot of people forget, that, like, if the stock market does crash and it does dip down to that level, then, uh, yeah. There's, there's no money in circulation. Yeah, there's no money circulation. And, like, a lot of the reason why it's crashing so much is because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, and But, like, you can also... But, like, the government's also putting in sanctions to get more masks and ventilators, and they're trying to pay mm-hmm. money to people who are affected by this, and they're putting in, like, new rules about, like no evictions and all this stuff. So, like, they're trying as best as they can, but we have to make sure the economy is working for the working people. Because if the stock market crashes, guess who's going to lose their jobs first? It's not the rich people. Nope, it's going to be all the people who work at... It's going to be all the people complaining about the government putting money into the stock market. Yeah. We really live in the 1920s, guys. Stock market crashes. Yeah. Global pandemics. It, it's great. Um, oh, there was something else. Oh, none of the bars opening. Like, so we 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 don't really got alcohol. I'm like, I'm turning 21, and the bars might not be open by the time I turn 21. Oh, yeah, Alyssa. <laughs> I don't have anybody to celebrate my 21st birthday with anyways. Well, I can always FaceTime on your birthday. Mm, that sounds fun. We'll social distance. 
Yes, social distancing. Well, Netflix party. <laughs> but, yes. Yeah, yeah, so... A lot of yeah. it is just... A lot of it is just keep your distance and... Wash your hands. Try, wash your hands. Try not to go out in public as much as you can. Don't but touch also, your face. Don't touch your face. Uh, but also, if you can order to help, like businesses and stuff, but if you can order from smaller businesses that are still open, then definitely do it because that helps make sure when all of this is over that people still have jobs and stuff. And pro tip, if the local Walmart is out of toilet paper, but you have a Chinese or Korean supermarket down the street, go there. They're fully stocked, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you won't have problems finding anything there. So, no, but just be nice to one another. Stay at home when you can. Order from small businesses when you can. And just trust the scientists who know what they're doing, kind of. Yes. We're figuring it out. Yeah. Okay, so this has been the end. I think we we are coming to a close now. We talked about COVID-19, how it's affecting us, how it's affecting the world. We talked about the Korean War and how sad it was. And I feel like every time I'm on the show, we talk about death and destruction, but it's fine. It's fine. You know, like, <laughs> I like the topic. No, it's fine. I like talking about the wars and stuff. Uh, I should not have said that with a straight face, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So this has been Jamming Through History. Uh, podcast style. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Grace. And we will try to see you guys next week. Uh, Please be patient. Bye. Bye.